0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of the Better World Challenge podcast. In this episode, I interview author, educator, and motivational speaker, Nikki Spears. In our conversation today, we talk about owning our stories to build a better world, talking about leadership and empowerment, and how we can really dive deep into our skills, our journey, and find the beauty underneath our own struggles. So let's dive in. Hi, I'm Justin Furtado, a social entrepreneur with a passion and experience in community engagement and philanthropy located in Eugene, Oregon. It's our responsibility to take care of our communities, have uplifting conversations, and make the world a better place. You're listening to the Better World Challenge Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Better World Challenge podcast, Nikki. I am thrilled to have you on and talk about kind of owning our stories and talking about how to empower the next generation of leaders and find the beauty underneath our struggles as your book talks about. But before we dive into that, I really like to ask my guests, like, what inspires and motivates you when you get out of bed in the morning?
1: What inspires and motivates me when I get out of bed? I think um, just being able to live another day. And I consider that like a blank page to your story. Each day is like a new page. You can start all, no matter what happened the day before, it's almost like you can start anew with each day. So I I get excited about the opportunities that are presented in each day, the miracles that I find in each day, because I wake up with this uh, heart full of gratitude, just knowing that, wow, I'm still here and look at look at the work that I'm doing. And so I, I enjoy the work that I do. I enjoy the life that I live. And so that inspires me to get up and, and I want to share that with, with other people so that they live their best life.
0: That's wonderful and yeah writing our writing our own stories and pages every single day and a day at a time and that leads me into my next question of like can you tell us about the journey to get to where you are in this exact moment you've been a principal you're a published author you're a motivational speaker it seems like you've done you've done it all so you know can talk a little bit more about your story to get to accomplish all those things and be
1: So the the funny thing Justin is I get inspired by my, by myself and my accomplishments because I know where I came from. I was this little shy girl. I grew up in a small town in East Texas called Carnac, Texas. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't see myself doing anything. Uh, the things that I'm doing now, I, I didn't see that for myself. As a matter of fact, I struggled, uh, with my thoughts, negative thoughts, and that followed me for, uh, a majority of my life, I mean, even into my adult life, into my marriage, where I would I would live in these dark places and I didn't know how to get out. And so when I started to read uh, more uh, books about, you know, thinking and how our thoughts are not a part of us, and I started to really study thoughts and understand uh, that I get to create the world I live in and i can change the perceptions of the world by simply changing the meaning i've assigned to things that have happened in my life and it's it's almost like i woke up and and i just started to live life and after after you know just practicing some of the things like taking 100% responsibility it sounds simple right but that there's so much power in taking Responsibility. And once I was able to do that and stop blaming my parents, my childhood, and everything else that I saw at fault for the world that I was living in right now, when I started to take ownership, my world began to change. And and so I I wanted to do more and more and more. So I, I started to, I mean, I became a principal. I left my job about four years ago and uh, created a program for schools to create and sustain positive culture. And once COVID hit, I started writing books. So I, and then, and now I speak to thousands of people, uh, never saw myself as a motivational speaker because like I said, I was this shy person. So I'm inspired by my by my own actions and just the things that I see that I can do that I never in a million years thought I'd be able to do. And I want to use my story to help others share their stories.
0: And that's amazing. So in being inspired by your own actions, I'm curious, how did you get from that place of having some of these, you know, darker thoughts and maybe not believing in yourself? How do you make that transition from that, those thoughts to kind of believing in yourself and taking ownership in your life? And how did that really you know, affect you in your day to day life.
1: Well, for those people who struggle with negative thoughts, uh, it's it's not easy. It's something that I still battle with. It's just that now I have strategies that I've learned for myself uh, to help me get out of that dark space because we all have two voices in our heads, and some of us will listen to that dark voice, and we believe that voice to be true. I remember the moment I woke up from that voice and I was sitting in uh, my home office and my husband came to me with a book titled The Success Principles uh, by Jack Canfield. And he said, Nikki, read the first page because I was not a reader either. <laughs> I didn't like reading. And I looked at that book and it was like a million pages and I'm like, I am not reading the book. He said, please read the first page. The first page of that book woke me up and It was talking about taking 100 percent responsibility for your life, that if you want to create the life of your dreams, you must stop blaming and complaining. And you're going to have to own everything that has happened in your life. And when I really internalized that and I started to look at my life and think, wait a minute, I can't keep blaming my parents. I can't keep blaming my bosses. I can't keep blaming the events that have taken place. I need to take ownership. And in doing so, my world began to change. And I began to envision the life that I wanted and then take the steps that I wanted, I mean, that I needed to, to do to get there. And, and so it, it, it's not easy. It's not like, oh, you wake up one day and it's, it's all over because I still I struggle uh, with, with negative thoughts uh the the thing that i tell myself now is this too shall pass so i know that we're going to have struggles uh but i also know that i've had many struggles just like everybody else and we've all made it to the other side and so i have great comfort in knowing that
0: exactly everyone has these struggles and so i really hear that it was a time in your life where you were decided that You're going to stop blaming other people and you wanted to take accountability for your own actions and which leads me into my next question of what exactly how do you want to see how do you see yourself like what was this responsibility and ownership going to lead to like were you like i want to create this like did you start really envisioning like what could happen like how did you really take responsibility and use it and as fuel for the vision
1: so I think once I took responsibility, I was able to dream. No longer was I stuck because when you give other people power over you, it's almost like you're, you're, you're stuck in the mud and you, you can't move. I, after owning my story, owning everything about my life, now I was able to move and I was able to dream big dreams. And so one of the dreams I had, I remember, it was during the time I was reading the book because I went back and I read the entire book and he talks too about uh, creating a, a positive vision for your life and how you should just envision yourself doing it. And so I wanted, I was a teacher at the time and my desire was to uh, become a school leader and there was a principal position available and a assistant principal position and I, I applied. And before I applied, before I went into the interview, I took a picture of the school. I had my husband drive by the school, take a picture, put it on my vision board because I was like, that's going to be my job. That's that's mine. I'm owning it. Well, Justin, I went into that interview and I killed it. I mean, I could tell you how, you know, you killed an interview because everybody's heads are nodding. They're smiling. The principal got up, walked me outside and uh, almost walked me to the car. And I, I went home waiting for the phone to ring. Instead, I got an email. You know that dreaded email you get from uh, an interview saying, "Thank you for your time, but we've decided to go with another candidate." For some reason, I deleted that because I said this is not for me. I deleted that that email so immediately because, after you know, I thought about what had transpired. I wanted that email for evidence but I deleted it. And I'm going to tell you a week later, I had a call from the superintendent's office and he wanted to see me. And I thought, what is this about? Okay. So you need to act as if this is a real interview. So I go into the superintendent's office, not knowing what to expect. And he does a little small talk and he says, Hey, you know, how's it going? And then he turns the conversation and he says, so are you ready to be an assistant principal? And I'm like, what? He said, Well, uh, the school where you interviewed, we have doubled the students now. So we not only need one assistant principal, we need two. And since you were number two on the list, we're going to offer you that position. I was floored because here I am practicing these new ideas, these new principles that I was learning. And by putting these things in the practice, I saw miracles start to happen in my life. And because of those miracles, it, it kept pushing me to do more and to do more and to do more. And I see those show up all the time because I'm I'm not afraid to take risk. I'm not going to say I'm not afraid, but I know in order to get a change or to get the change that I want in my life, I'm going to have to do some things that I may feel a little bit uncomfortable with.
0: You're not going to let that fear... uh Stray you from going after your vision. I really love the idea of like taking a picture of this school and putting it on your vision board and being like, that's it. I'm going to be the assistant principal. That's awesome. That's, uh, that's so cool. And like, so clearly for me, I see, I hear that you want to make a difference in education and this positive culture. You've talked, uh, you worked with John Gordon on the energy bus for kids and reshaping that to, you know, instill more positivity within these, you know, school districts. And so, what is your vision for you know building a better world for education and like empowering the next generation of leaders?
1: I love your initiative, building a better world. Uh, I, I think that starts with education because we have everybody everybody comes to the party in education. You have your families, you have educators who have families, and most importantly, you have the students. And uh, I you know I saw myself, In the kids that I used to work with as a teacher, I could see my kids that were struggling because I saw myself in them. And so I wanted to create a school environment or a classroom environment where not only students felt safe, but where teachers felt safe. And safety is not just a physical form of safety, but it's it's a safety of being able to express yourself, express your ideas without... Uh, you know, people laughing or being made fun of, but where where people could just be themselves and bring themselves to the party, uh, and so I was able to create a classroom like that as a teacher. And when I saw the power of that, I, I would love Justin when students would debate with me about something they were learning, or they'd say, uh, "Miss Spears, why are we learning this?" And I would have to pull out our uh, teaks, which were uh, gosh our standards, our uh, educational standards, I would pull those out and, and you know, kind of explain to the kids why we use this particular curriculum, but then invited them in to, to uh, invited their voices in to say something like, hey, so what would you, what would you like to learn? Because, you know, there are times when we can integrate things that you guys want to do as well, and so they felt powerful. And what I learned, even being a kindergarten teacher, and you know this working with first and second graders, is that they can, they rise to the occasion. They do things that are amazing when given the opportunity. And I would do things with these little kindergartners and people would come into my classroom and say, I cannot believe they're kindergartners. Well, I gave them the platform to just be, become whoever that is they're meant to be. And, uh, so, I think for me, education was a way of bringing all all the people to the party. I was I'm passionate about families. I'm passionate about students, but I'm also passionate about helping educators.
0: Yeah, helping educators is educate the next generation. And what I really I think the word that I hear that I love the word is empowerment and empowering these, you know, kindergartners to take ownership And like ownership, empowerment, responsibility, they're showing up time and time again. And I think what I, why the Better World Challenge exists is so we can, I can inspire people to take ownership of their own passions to go, you know, build a better world. And so it has been a very difficult, 2020 has been a very difficult, and 2021 has already been, been off to a rocky little start. And so like, I really want to inspire people to, have this vision and take ownership of this vision. And so for me, what is one thing that you really would, you know, recommend, give advice to for people to take ownership for their passions to, you know, make a difference in the world, whether it be through education or, you know, sustainability or social justice, whatever it is.
1: Mm, That's a good question. You know, what I've learned is that I, I try my best to get people to think what. What is it for you? We're all so it's it's an individualized process of how we get there, and what I've realized on my journey is that my journey is unique to me. So even when I hear all these amazing people get up and speak or they share their stories, I realize that that's their story, and I pick and choose those things that I think will work for me. It's like reading the book. For Jack Canfield's book, I don't just take his book and say, "Oh, I need to follow everything he's done." I pick and choose those th- those things that speak to me and my life, and I apply. And so, if you want to change your story, if if you want uh, to live a better life, you're going to have to do something about it. So it's not going to just fall into your lap. And I always uh, say, I don't know if you've seen this movie. Uh, it's a, it's an older little film. It's called uh, Waiting on Superman. It's a cool. If you haven't looked at it, Justin, check that check that out. Um, but I, I I saw that several years ago, and I realized that I can't wait on Superman to come save me. I'm gonna have to save myself, and that's that goes for everybody out there. Nobody's gonna come to save you. The government government is not gonna save you. Uh, your your parents, your schools, your, your bosses, that's going to be left up to you. And once you realize that, then you can take the steps necessary to do the things that you need to do uh, to create the life of your dreams. And, and so I encourage people to create their own journey, not try to be like somebody else and pick those things that people have done and say, you know what, that may work. Let me try it my way. And just go for it and do it.
0: Creating our own journey. And I, that's a great opportunity for me to ask, you know, we are all about empowering the next generation of leaders. And I was listening to you talk about leadership as leadership is a mindset and it's not a title. Can you talk about how we can create, use our own journey and, you know, you can talk about your journey right now um, and how you hone this mindset and this ability and this vision to become a leader in your life.
1: Uh, So leadership for me has evolved, you know, because I I think if you'd asked me what leadership is about, I'm going to say about five or six years ago, I would definitely relate that to a position, a title. But as I started to work with schools and understand true leadership is about ownership, accountability, that's that's what true leadership, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You can lead from wherever you are. And understanding that little kids as young as five years old can be leaders. They don't have to have a title. They can be leaders because they are taking responsibility. Uh, that's what leadership is all about. And leadership is also about looking at you know, problems in our world or in our community or even in our schools and not waiting on someone else uh, to solve those problems, but seeing yourself as part of the solution. We have a lot of people. We can sit back and we can point out all the problems. That's easy, right? But how, what are some of the solutions and how can you be part of, you know, helping to resolve some of these things? Uh, so that's my evolution of what leadership is and you know even when I was a principal I uh, we titled our school a leadership development school uh, because I think your school needs to say what you do whatever you're doing you need to speak it into the atmosphere and so in doing so when we did that and we put leadership development our students are leaders Staff had to adopt that as a belief, which was difficult for some people who didn't see kids as having a voice or being leaders. They eventually left the campus. And what happened was we would inspire people who saw that as part of their vision to become part of, you know, uh, of, of our school. Uh, so once you start to speak those things, what you find is that the uni- universe starts to respond. You're going to have people leave your life for a reason. When you want to build a better world, you're going to have people that enter your life that are there to help you. But you also have to beware of those people and not necessarily beware, but you'll because you'll learn something from those people too. But they're going to be those people that they don't believe in that. They don't believe in what you believe and that's okay. Uh, but by you talking about what you want for your school or your organization, you start to invite those people into your life
0: yes bringing in that intention and i think that's something that's really important as i was actually listening to a podcast earlier like it's really easy to be a problem identifier but the world needs more problem solvers and so i i I love that so much and i actually have a question um in regards to you know for those listening and especially for myself like that wanted you know Create this culture and environment of inviting and empowering people to be their best leaders and their best selves. Like, what what are some you know avenues and ways that we can do that?
1: I think uh, the first thing is just being self aware. I when when I go out and I talk to schools and districts, I always talk about self first because that's something we ignore. It's like when you go into an organization, a school, they they want to automatically say, okay, so what can we do for students? Or they want to say, uh, what can we do for our team? But we don't want to go on the inside where that can be scary. And we are the most, uh, I say challenging people we'll ever work with. And so once we're able to take a deep dive into our own, our own thoughts, beliefs, our values, we can start to assess whether those beliefs, uh, those perceptions that we have, we can start to assess whether they are serving us well or not. And then we need to start transitioning our thoughts and, and things that we learned growing up that may or may not be true. So I learned a lot of things growing up uh, that I've had to say, Nikki, I don't think that's true. <laughs> you know, I, That's that's not your truth. And, and, and it's okay to do that because as you get older and you start to have more experiences, some of the things that you learned growing up may not be good for you or may be good for the world. Uh, but it's hard for us to let go of that because we grew up with that thought of that belief. And until you are able to let that go and be more open minded, then you can't expect more things, you know, uh, more opportunities to, to flow into your life. And so I know that I know in order to have new op- opportunities flow into my life, I may have to get rid of some old junk that I've been carrying around for years.
0: Definitely. It's a lot of unlearning what we have learned in the past. And that brings me to my final question. What does a better world look like for you in 2021?
1: Wow. I think there's so much to learn from uh, 2020. You know, we were rushing to get into the new year. Like, oh my God, I can't wait to get out of 2020. 2020 became our curse word. Like, we don't want to hear about it. But what we found is that 2020 actually followed us into 2021 because there are so many things that are unresolved and it tells me that in order for us to live a, uh, to create a better, better world uh we have to address the things that maybe we don't feel comfortable addressing we have to re, uh, address uh the matter of you know the racial inequalities that we see uh we need to address that not necessarily Making people feel like a victim. I don't believe in that, but just understanding our roles and, and how we have uh, been a part of, of the problem. And I'm talking about for everybody, not just a certain group of people. I'm saying we all are a part of that, that, that problem. And so I see a world where we take what happened in 2020 and we're transforming it into something that's beautiful. We're using the things that we learned in 2020 as opportunities to respond to some of the things that we see in our world that need to be addressed. So in, instead of running away from it, we're running towards it because we want to see it because and that's the only way it's going to be better, right, is that we embrace it as an opportunity.
0: It is an opportunity. We have to run towards those problems and, you know, dig deep, go inside because the work is tough. It's and but we, we can't we have to be courageous. And I really appreciate your time. And I really loved you, the conversation that we had. And so how can people find out about you, your book and just your overall message?
1: Uh, I do have a website, Nikki dot com, and they can learn more about me there. I'm on all social media, but on Twitter, I am at Nikki Spears 4, the number 4.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Nikki. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better World Challenge podcast. I hope you're feeling inspired right now. To find out more about how you can make the world a better place, check out our website at thebetterworldchallenge.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, because together we can really make the world a better place.